This is the Empowered Athlete Podcast, episode 26. Hello, everyone. It's the Empowered Athlete Podcast. And today, Kari and I will be discussing state, how it relates to our mindset and how it helps us perform in sport, work, and life. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, you have to come check out the Empowered Top Performers Group Coaching Call. It's my monthly coaching program where we take health and mindset topics and break them down to action steps that can then be applied to your sport, career, or life. If you want to try this coaching call out, it's the second Tuesday of each month at 8 p.m. Eastern. Pop me an email and I'll get you on there. Give it a try. KS at EmpowerConditioning.com. Welcome to the Empowered Athlete Podcast, created to support athletes in their pursuit of excellence and inspire others toward their best lives. Hosted by Kari Schneider, coach to top performers in sport and life, and Paul Durden, former national and professional volleyball player. Hey everyone, it's Kari Schneider here and we are into March and if you know that we're doing our 1230 challenges, that's our 30 day challenge every single month of this year, then you know that uh, March is a new challenge and this month it is Mindful March and this topic today is going to play into that. Absolutely, it's a great fit and I think Kari to begin with, let's define what we're talking about here with state in our mindset, just so we have a little context. So we want to give you some tips from our experiences on how state and mindset make a huge difference in what you're doing. So whether it's your performance, your match, your game, your uh, career, whatever it is, and you need to be in your top performing self, then your mindset or your state make that difference. And what your state is, is a combination of your physiology, so that physical state, and your focus, so what your emotion is at that time, and also your language, what words are you using, which also cause emotion and change your physiology. That's the one I forget. The language? Yeah, I always think about, obviously number one that comes to mind for my state is motion is energy and activity and that sort of thing, but the the, the language is the one that is a big one. The way, the words you're using can literally shape a conversation or how you're thinking about something and the energy around it. More so as well, we don't often think of the words we're using in our heads that aren't even coming out of our mouths. So we have all this language going on in our heads and that influences our state. You can see someone walk in a room who is really um, down or, you know, morose and you know that there are words going on in their head that we can't see or hear that are causing part partially causing that state yeah it's that soundtrack in the background running in their mind that uh, is really being projected outwards and how they look and how you're reading their body language and all of that absolutely so what we're going to do here is we're going to give you our best tips to create your best state whether it's pre-game or for that big presentation at work, or for me, it's coaching often or pre-race. And, uh, and we hope that these steps make a big difference for your best performance. So I think I will, I didn't write down a whole bunch of points per se. I've been thinking this through and just really went back to my playing days and 
obviously had some success on the court and a big part of that was my mental state, my focus and my mindset. So just wanted to share a few things that I did pregame that made a big difference and also made a big difference for the team because in volleyball, it is about the team. It's not about one person and the mindset of the team can fluctuate in the game, pregame, postgame, all those sorts of things. So to begin with, obviously physical, my warm up and my eating routine, what was going into my body and how I was warming up physically and preparing for a match became a bolted down science so that I knew exactly what I needed to physically feel right before a game. But where it gets a little trickier is more around what I'm feeling in my mind and thinking. So obviously a big match, if it was an Olympic qualifier, if it was a European cup match or a playoff game, it's easy to get the energy up, the mental energy and the anticipation and the juices flowing and that sort of thing. But where it's hard and where you've got to be professional is when you're playing off in Tokat in the middle of Turkey in the middle of winter against a team that's in second <laughs> to last place and you've been on a bus for and eight you gotta hours bring it. <laughs> and you've got to bring it and be professional. Exactly though. It sounds funny, but yeah. those are the hardest matches you will ever play. But especially when you're the foreigner, you're the big gun, oh. you're being paid more than some of the other locals and they have a huge expectation for you to perform and you got to step up. Totally right. Because if the team sucks if the team doesn't perform they're looking at me first right and and at the same time here's a question for you would you get frustrated when because you know this happens a lot when other people on your team were just dragging they're not pulling their weight they're just not only are they not pulling their own weight they're pulling the team down as a young player absolutely so as a young player I was just so hungry to play pro every single game was a blast but you know, fast forward five years, seven years in the career, 10 years, I grew to realize and just understand that the guys are having those feelings. They're not up for this match. It's not a big game. It was tough travel. It's a crappy gym, et cetera, et cetera. And I came to realize that I needed to take action to A, make sure I'm ready and my state is good. So for me, that was, you know, putting on some good music, getting things going, playing a prank, doing a joke, uh, getting up and moving. Can you share a prank or a joke that you might have oh. done <laughs> that's that's suitable for <laughs> it's not well, going to get anybody in big trouble? <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, there's the basics. See, if you're ever eating with a team at the table. This is a this is a basic prank. Is always, this what you're calling? Always, always check that the salt lid is on. Okay. Bottom line, never leave your drink. That's alone. another rule. Never you, leave your drink alone and basically never leave your food alone. So, okay. so you can just kind of let your mind go as to what might happen there. But yeah. uh, just some basic ground rules. Everybody should know. All you rookies out there, take note. Uh, but back to my point is that okay. uh, got to get the energy up somehow. So that's personal. It's different for everyone. Uh, it can be watching something motivational, a video, listening to an awesome podcast perchance, uh, <laughs> music, what have you. So get yourself going. But part two of that is recognizing the team state. So you asked, did it bother me, those other players? Yeah. And absolutely it would if I saw that people weren't putting effort in to get game ready. Because mm -hmm. Okay, I understand you're not up two hours before the game. That's normal. We don't want to be. But when game time's rolling around and somebody's dragging, that's where you have to have the awareness outside of how you're feeling of taking a pulse of the group and what you're seeing there. And that happens throughout the match as well. If there's a dip in confidence or the team seems to be getting too high, a little mm -hmm. loose and out of control and losing focus, those are key points where as a good teammate, you can grab somebody and either lift them up 
or pull them back a little bit and reset focus and mindset. Mm-hmm. So a couple of key skills I kind of just evolved to learn throughout my career. There's that critical point of, um, uh, it's not anxiety, but excitement overall, that critical point of excitement, because if it's beyond that, then it's too much wasted energy and it's not providing the optimal outcome. And I've seen coaches time and time again, get frustrated when their players are screaming too much in the match or on the field or on the court or expending too much energy because the coach knows that they aren't directing that energy well enough and they aren't going to be able to sustain that energy for that next match in the tournament or that next game the next day or the next weekend and so it's and that's that's such a sign of maturity as an athlete and as a professional that they that that per individual can bring the level of state but not make it over the top crazy and just obliterate their own energy. That's totally it. And coaches, because they're that step back from the group, can see it more easily than you can see it for yourself or maybe the team can see it. And really the goal is that golden standard you've heard it called flow mm-hmm. you've heard it being called in the zone as a player that's you want where you want to be it's not too high it's not too low mm-hmm. it's just in that autopilot mode where everything seems to be happening just a little bit slower mm-hmm. you can see everything clearly your energy's up but you're not completely revved and losing it and you're just in that peak state that perfect sweet spot you want to be in when you're playing when you do your best and so that was always the goal with state and it's hard to get there. Uh, and I just want to point out that really for the most important matches, getting there means pulling your state back. Mm. I know for myself before the, uh, the champions league final, yeah, the night before I slept maybe two and a half hours yeah, because I was so wired buzzed and yeah. wired from winning that semi and holy crap, we are playing for the volleyball Stanley cup tomorrow yeah, against Treviso. And it's, you're just, electric so the real skill comes in and pulling that energy back i don't want to be burning that up at five in the morning seven in the morning when the game's going to be that night yeah and so it was literally things like reading just pulling out a magazine and burying myself uh, in in a car magazine or something like that to try to pull my way mind off of where it just wants to go and that's getting excited and revved up for the match way too soon way too early and mm-hmm. i just could feel this constant internal struggle of trying to pull my state back and I found that was a lot harder to do always than to get up for a game you can you can create positive energy really fast but being aware that you're too high and pulling it back I found took a lot longer to get good at and do you think that if you had had training or practice in meditation or uh, relaxation techniques or things like that do you think that would have helped you at that time because I know at that time you weren't trained in those things and it's it is a practice yeah 100% <clears throat> so I mentioned reading I did find some things that worked but distract didn't have yeah. any meditation skills which would have been amazing to have at that point yeah so I was able to get it done by uh, finding a quiet spot I'd stay in the dressing room a lot longer than other guys I wouldn't get out into the atmosphere of the stadium until basically when I wanted to start my warm-up and get the physical aspect going yeah locking down with a book or 
some type of distraction. So it Most athletes will have headphones on, get into their own music if they've gone into their own zone versus being within the team zone. So the team zone might be pumping music throughout the dressing room and doing the whole like chemistry and the whole vibe with the team. Some teams have their own specific playlist pregame and that kind of thing versus getting into your own thing for your part of your own warm up with headphones and things like that. Yeah, I, I found that team music team pump up thing went away the, the better i got it yeah. became more and more the responsibility of the individual and everyone yeah. respected that everyone was different you knew that uh, certain guys, not everybody's gonna like the same music ex- exactly <laughs> and it's ridiculous to think that you're all on the same page going into each game and need the same thing to be ready for it yeah. so there was a lot of respect around each guy's pregame ritual and headphones are a great way to kind of go off in your own world You're either putting on music that might be pulling you back or taking the other direction or, yeah. or what have you and that's the difference i see between a, a higher level pro athlete versus say a provincial or university level athlete because around that provincial or university level if they're on a team sport not individual sport, but a team sport, they're typically still jamming together with their kind of team playlist or specific songs and pumping each other up that way. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my anecdotal view of looking back on my state and getting in the right mindset. What have you got for us in terms of well, you know, b- before we go on, I'm still like, curious because this is one of the questions we ask our athletes and that's like, do you have some favorite music? Maybe it's pump up music for your games. You must have like a song or two that were key for you a number of years ago. If you think back 15 years ago and you, you and that song came on right now, it would immediately bring you back to pre-game for some major events like was there what what's one or two songs that are like your favorite <laughs> pump up songs i'm gonna go all the way back to high school oh my gosh the year that we went off and went all the way finally in my last year it, and it was uh the year that house of pain jump around came out oh my gosh that so was that that was the team song. song that was kind of a team pump up song was we should that play that in stage. our house for the kids but, uh, <laughs> yeah, the house of pain was a, a classic that that's a fantastic one. okay Cool. I love it. Another one? Do you have another one? Well, you I, got played, some eclectic. I played so long it depends on when it was. I know, but... And I, I needed it less and less for the big game. So I guess... Oh, I don't know. There's too many to think. I'll have to come back to you on that. Okay. There's okay. too many coming in at once. So I, uh, I set five um, key steps here in order to set your best state and mindset. And, um, and I want these to be transferable to the workplace for career, but also for sport and pregame. And uh, I have a quote here, and I don't know who, where this exactly came from, but I know who I heard it from. And it was from a coach who worked in our gym and power conditioning uh, from Jeff Watson. And he would say... Did you come here for something to do or did you did you come here to do something? And that's how I want to start this one is is number 1 is setting intention. So I like it. Yeah, like yeah. set your intention. So it doesn't matter whether you're coming into a practice or for me coaching a session or you're going into a work day, set your intention. What am I here to accomplish? When I worked with Hockey Canada, Um, there was a key point that everybody, every athlete, every coach, every staff member got educated on what is your role. You needed to understand what your role was and then that really helped people set their own intentions on how they were going to perform in any given task, whether it was practice, um, scrimmages, you name it. 
And then the, the question I want to follow up with in this is, who do I need to be for this role? So if I'm stepping in as a coach or a manager or a player or the, you know, the closer, whatever I am, um, who do I need to be for this role? Do I need to be a leader? Do I need to be a supporter? Do I need to be a motivator? What, what is needed in that? So that's number one is setting that intention. And go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm, we're obviously talking a lot about sport, but I'm picturing in the business world just how important what you just said is. If you imagine a leader or a manager, or somebody in a position of authority, setting up for a meeting mm-hmm. to be clear on what is my goal with this meeting? What outcome do I want to get for my people or what message do I want to get across? Mm-hmm. But the second part of who do I need to be in order really yeah. just hammers home and wakes you up to the fact that for you to be persuasive, to you, for you to be a leader, for you to inspire, mm-hmm. you need to come across a certain way. And it, yeah. that thought, that statement gets you back to, okay, what is my state? And, and it goes back to that physiology and also where are your emotions at and where's your language at? Those are the three key por- portions of state. Awesome. Okay, so number two is preparation so really prepare and i find this is such a vital step to really increase confidence in any level or any scenario so as a coach for me as a strength coach i would be following typically a larger periodized plan that either i had developed myself or working together with exercise physiologist with a team whatever it it would be however in the business world this might be your quarterly plan or your annual plan and In this preparation, I have a knowledge of my athlete or my client. So when I'm prepared, I might have, if I haven't seen an athlete or a client for a week or a month, I've probably checked in with them in some form so that I know what's going on for them before I actually see them. That's also stepping into my preparation. But if this was in the business world, it might mean knowing your audience. Can you think of... If if any of if anyone's been in that situation where you've stepped into a room or stepped into a situation or stepped into a party even where it was something that you weren't expecting and you realize, oh, I wish I had known what the dress code was or, oh, I wish I knew my audience was all 50 and above or, you know, there's these key things you need to know, your athlete, your client, your, um, your group that you're working with. So, and then... Um, well, I, I, that makes me think, you think about being prepared, but tying it back to state, mm-hmm. how do you feel if you have a big presentation or a big game and you're not prepared? If you don't have a game plan, if you haven't got a set of notes that you're going for for a speech, chances are, unless you're a bit of a freak, you're going to be more stressed, more nervous, more anxious because your brain is working on things that aren't in place. Exactly. And that's that's where preparation is so vital. And it just it allows that calm state to have uh, it allows that calm state to be present so you can be more focused to bring what you need to bring for the for the situation because you're not thinking about the details. You're not thinking about what needs to happen next because that's already planned out. The workout that I am bringing a team is already planned out. Um, And then from there. When I know what's going to happen for that presentation or that training session or that coaching call, whatever it is, it means then I'm visualizing how that's going to play out. I need to see in my head what this looks like. 
and <laughs> I learned the hard way on this because there was a point in time where where I was training a group of so I trained the men's national senior team but then right after that the women's national team would be coming in and maybe 30 minutes later um, uh, one of the B teams might be and I'd have assistants and I'd have huge groups of people working out and every element of those training sessions need to be coordinated plus all of those athletes had specialized things that they needed to do so there are so many moving parts if you're thinking of how many different coaches are on a football team you know you can imagine in that scenario there's so many different parts so someone needs to be able to visualize where the bottlenecks will be ahead of time and mitigate that with how that session is planned or whatever it is i'm giving a, a training session as an example but there are so many things in life that this that this uh pertains to it could be you know project management it could be uh, training sessions, preparing for certain systems for a sport team. It could be almost anything. It could be our family going on bloody vacation because <laughs> there's so many moving parts. But the, the visualization can be that last step in your preparation that gives you the insight as to where there's going to be a problem and how to take the measures necessary ahead of time. So that's really the preparation. That's number two to really help you be in your best mindset. And number three is setting expectations for who you're working with. So for instance, if, if somebody's on your team and every time you show up, you know, there are things going on that just don't work for the best case scenario for that team, you want to make sure that you can do your best in terms of getting across some communication, some expectations that you might have for the people that you're working with. So for instance... And sorry, that's in anticipation of things that will pull you out of your state and bingo. best mindset. Bingo. Okay. Because, so for instance, to have an op optimal scenario with an athlete, I want that athlete of mine to know that they need to be there early. And that doesn't mean just on time. They come early and they start rolling out. They start doing some of their preparatory physical things before I have that session with them. And that's part of what their responsibility is. And then when they're prepared that way, they can also have a responsibility of communicating back. So if that person's not communicating, this applies for any sort of scenario, a workplace, a family. Without that communication, it's going to continually affect your state if you've got someone that's pulling the state down, pulling the state down because they're not stepping into their role. But here's the key thing. They may not know what their role is unless you have taken the time and energy to communicate that with them. And define it. Exactly. Yeah, and that's clear. teammates. That's coworkers. That's family members. Those are all those scenarios. And what we tend to do as human beings, we walk around thinking that they should know, thinking that they should know what we, what we need from them. Yeah, yeah totally. I assume, assume a lot. <laughs> oh, honey. <laughs> <laughs> that's for another. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's number three. And number four, this is where the music comes in. It's creating your environment. Create that. It could be you jumping around a little bit. That's your physical state. Some people like little rebounders, those little mini trampolines. But the music, the movement, um, the cleanliness of your environment. I know coaches who set up soccer balls that are exactly like one soccer ball width apart and all of the balls are lined up on the field that way or 
hockey equipment managers who have every jersey with perfection, you know, ironed, perfect, you name it. So the environment, the cleanliness, where things are, is your equipment prepped? Do you have the music that you want? Do you have your, all your, your clothes, your jersey, your equipment for work, all of that set out? This might be your food prep as well, your snacks, anything that you need. So all of that, creating your environment, creating everything around you in a way that works for your best state. It, it is aligned with who you want to be, what you want to accomplish, the intention you want to set. That is creating your environment. So. Yes. <laughs> I, know, I know what your next point is. Uh-huh. And to the point you just made, there's a lot of things as an athlete that are outside of your control. Bingo. The lighting in the gym, the condition yep. of the floor. Yep. We played a match with the national team against France in Tunisia where there was bird shit all over the floor. Yep. It was being cleaned <laughs> up and then redone and the birds were in. There would be therapists in, the, in those going, arena. they're going to catch some virus from these yeah, birds. So, yes, obviously control all of the environment, but. On the flip side, to your next point. Yes, this is number five, and it's being adaptable. Can I pivot quickly and adjust? That's the question you need to ask yourself in any scenario. Can I act quickly, pivot, and adjust? Because it doesn't matter whether it's somebody else on your team wants different music or whether the weather comes in and you've got a key flight to catch, whether there's, you know, one time not long ago, Paul and I were doing a, a race in North Carolina and it was a fairly competitive race. And we, we were there way, way, way too early in the dark. And what it meant is that we were standing around freezing for quite some time, which changed everything about the prep for the race, right? So it could be weather, it could be timing, it could be traffic rushing you right before, but that's the question. Can I pivot quickly and can I adjust? so that I can still be in the state I need to be, be who I need to be, set my attention again and accomplish what I need to accomplish. Yeah, and I know I just add that that's really tough to do, especially if I'm gonna to go to sports, the event that you're in is a key game. It's a key part of your season where you need a win, you need a certain performance. And that's where you've gotta get back to just the belief and the effort you've put in, the training you've put in and who you are and having confidence in that and not the crutches of mm -hmm. your routine that you've created. I'm using the word crutch because if your warm-up is cut short by 10 minutes, you still need to find a way to be able to play. And perfect world, you have your routines where you can control everything, but each time you lose one of those items, it can affect your outlook or your positivity or the group that you're with. And that's a really tough thing to do. And being adaptable, I think, is a trained skill. And it's also a skill that you'll have confidence in if you deliberately mess with yourself once in a while. Well, I think if you have a, a same bolted down routine that is too airtight when you can control it, if you don't toss some flexibility in there once in a while in certain areas, then any kind of change in your plan will be extremely stressful. Well, this is this is where what we're looking at here is is critical in the mindset portion because a lot of the things we've talked about are the things that we can control. And then also even 
communicating with others to not control them, but also make sure that that you have common ground with the people that you're working with. So those are all the elements that you can control. And there's always going to be the things you can't. But guess what you can control in those unexpected situations? It's going to be your thoughts, your mind, your state. And those things are going to come at you. And oftentimes, that's the thing that we've been trained the least in is to how to control our own emotions, how to ask the right questions of ourselves. So you might go back to these same questions that we talked about in the beginning, but you might have to re-ask them in a different situation. So we've got, say, everybody's late and pressured for time. Okay, what is my role? Who do I need to be for this role? You can still ask those same questions. Different answers might come up, but it's controlling your own emotional mindset using language, using your physical output, using your thoughts in order to direct your emotion. For sure. And I would add one more thing to that, and it's anticipating the crap. Mm -hmm. So for me personally, I learned throughout my career, every single match to just expect flat out three calls that I would think are absolutely wrong. Mm -hmm. And just expect it. Yeah. To lose your mind over that is a waste of your energy. And the other thing, every single team sport listener, I hope right now, I don't hope, but has experienced being in a game and somebody goes down with an injury. Yeah. You cannot be thrown by that. It is going to happen guaranteed if you play long enough. Yeah. So you need to think about that now before who do I need to be? How do I want to react? What kind of teammate do I want to be? So that when it happens, when the crap goes down, you've been there already mentally and you've got that practice and then it's easier to take. And if you don't do those things, they're going to hit you hard. Somebody goes down, oh my God, we've lost our setter. This match is over. Yeah, the, you the will have those thoughts. Yeah, you will the have automatic those, or, thought. Or yeah. your teammates will. Yeah. And that's where you step up as a leader yes. and right the ship. Yeah. And and that's, the, that's what I see so much in individual sport athletes that they don't have often those teammates close next to them right in those scenarios. So it can be a spiraling really fast sinking ship if something's gone wrong and it's only them and they're not mentally practiced it's not about being mentally strong we all have the ability it's about being mentally practiced to redirect the thoughts and redirect the questions in order to affect the state and the emotion and what's going to actually come out yeah that's just sound advice really solid and they always speak about experienced athletes and that really is a big, big component of being experienced mm-hmm. is having been exposed to those various situations and learning to go through them. It's exactly why the coach, in the example we gave earlier, whether it's a manager, a supervisor, a coach, they look and they see, and when they see someone on the court or on the field expending too much energy, the reason that they know that that's going to be a mistake is because they've seen it thousands of times before. Right. It, it's not because they you know, have a magic eight ball that they're seeing that the future is because they've seen it thousands of times before so you know if you're a young player and a coach says hey you know let's just regain our focus or it's not because they're making what you're doing wrong or anything like that it's because they know that it's going to cause some repercussions that aren't going to be good for you or anybody else yeah well that's that's a fantastic list i think the points you have there are great to think about. And your last point 
is that you've got to get the reps, those mental reps of going through this. That's it's such a practice, just a like anything else. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, kudos to you because for pro athletes, like the situation that you were in, so many of them don't get the guidance or the practice or figure it out for themselves. And they end up having an emotional roller coaster throughout their career. And it's a real, real struggle to continually try and perform. And it's much harder than it needs to be simply because they didn't have the practice or no one helped them with it or they never figured it out on their own. So, you know, and that's something that I think for you, there was such a massive driver in the outcome that you were doing everything and anything you needed to do in order to make sure the outcome would happen. It, it wasn't that you were you know, so dedicated to routine prep, it was that you wanted your outcome more than anything. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if it's evil, <laughs> but it's absolutely right. I wanted it so bad that I would be highly manipulative. I would say things to certain players that may be completely untrue, knowing that they would react the way I wanted them to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say things that would be a lie um, and a little context is needed, but I, I basically think of it in the sense of it's just trying to push people's buttons in a way that I know that they're going to respond in that situation in the way the team needed them to. It Even if it wasn't something I truly believe myself as saying to them, uh, I might think that their performance is a horror show while I'm saying it, but I would <laughs> lie through my teeth and make something up or again, given the situation, <laughs> find the right words to get that person going and back on track. Yeah, because the bigger picture was more important to you than criticizing where they were at at that moment. And the bigger picture, it's not like, I mean, just to be totally straight here, you were an athlete who hated to lose so badly <laughs> that you... Yes, it was for the greater good of the team, but because you hated for your team to lose and you wanted that win, you were so entirely focused and competitive. Yeah, so <laughs> it brings out the dark side a little bit. But Everybody it, has it a dark side. For, it dark, was for, for the greater good. Dark side is good. good too. It's yeah. okay. It's okay. Okay, we're going to so, wrap this one up. No, well, speaking of dark side, what the last question I had the book from the book about oh. giving the antidote to one of the two dying people was pretty dark. Oh, uh, I, so it is your I turn to choose a question was. from I the forgot. book of questions so we can learn a little bit more about I delete those once Schneider. We, once we do them. I forget what they are. Okay, I'm so going to need a number. 121. I'm turning to 121 in the book of questions. Is there, if anyone's it, looking for this book, it was again written it, by Gregory Stock, PhD. Does it go that high, 121? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, in the middle here. Were you able to wake up tomorrow in the body of someone else would you do so? Whom, if, whom would you pick? If I was able to wake up tomorrow in the body of someone else. And, and, and so A, would you? And B, whose body would you wake up in? Okay, but let's, I'm going to, I'm going to put a, I'm going to put something just as a. Precursor to this? Yes, yeah, a precursor in that it's for a day. Like it's not, uh, does it say? It doesn't say, right? It doesn't. So let's, we'll say okay, it's for So let's it. say it's for a date. So yes is number one. I would love to wake up in somebody else's body just to, because I've always been curious. <laughs> oh <my>. about, <laughs> I'm a body watcher. I'm, I'm dying to know who you pick. <laughs> you. Come on. You. What? 
of all the people in the world, you'd choose me? Yeah. Well, it's the first thing that came to mind. I, I guess I, if I had time wow. to think about it more. But yeah, like, I mean, I like bodies and I like to... But yeah, you got a pretty good body. So I'd, I'd like to see how that felt to run and jump and... Yeah, I'd um, probably wreck 15 your. Fifteen years ago, I'd probably wreck your body for a day. Like I'd just be and like, I wake Whoa! up the next day, and what happened? Be the hangover. Basically, <laughs> piece it together. You take a bunch of pictures, yeah. selfies. All right. So really quick though, if it was for a longer period of time, say it was, uh, and I would assume that you would lose that time of your life in your current body. Oh, I don't know. Well. Well, Let's say next minimum a year. It'd have to be a maybe year. one of the kids, so I could like, so I could go because I'd know in my brain what I could do, and I could go and develop their body for six months or a year because I'd have the knowledge. The ultimate mothering move. <laughs> <laughs> well, there I mean, you it's have my it. My right? thing. I don't All know. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't. But yeah, I, I'd have to really kind of think about certain athletes or things like that that are out there but you know I've I've got some pretty solid ones near and dear to me so it's good yeah all right well everyone there you have it you have Kari's answer to that question think about your own yeah if you feel like sharing your thoughts on that one absolutely leave some and, comments and PD join us at empowerconditioning.com join us in our 1230 challenge it's it's mindset march so we are or mindful march mindful march we are focusing on all sorts of things that things that direct our thoughts and might be meditation it might be gratitude there's all sorts of things so um join us in that that's our month uh 30-day challenge all right well thanks everyone for listening we'll wrap up the episode here and join us in the challenge send us your comments send us your love if you don't like us don't send that and have a wonderful day. Thanks a lot for listening. Peace. Thank you so much for listening. To get more support in living your best life, find us in our free Facebook community, Empowered Top Performers. We're on Instagram at Paul Durden and at Empower Conditioning. Please share this podcast and rate us. A five-star review would mean the world to us. That is how we connect with and support more people to excel in sport and life. Take what you learned today and try it. Progress is perfection.